20 Sivan, Chaf Sivan, Tzadik, his praise, 403. Rabbi Nachman said, My Rosh Hashanah is greater than everything. I cannot understand how it is that if my followers really believe in me, they are not all scrupulous about being with me for Rosh Hashanah. No one should be missing. Rosh Hashanah is my whole mission. He told us to make a public announcement that everyone who counted himself one of his followers or took notice of what he said should come to him for Rosh Hashanah without exception. Anyone who has the privilege of being with him for Rosh Hashanah is entitled to be very, very happy. Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10 This verse refers to Rosh Hashanah. 404 Somebody once said to the Rebbe that he preferred being with him for Shabbat Shuvah rather than on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, there wasn't room for him to even stand in the synagogue, and he didn't have good lodgings where he could eat and sleep. As a result, he was so disoriented that he was unable to concentrate on his prayers. That was why he would have preferred being with the Rebbe any other time except Rosh Hashanah. The Rebbe replied, Whether you eat or don't eat, whether you sleep or don't sleep, whether you pray or don't pray, meaning with the proper concentration, just make sure to be with me for Rosh Hashanah no matter what. Yo'esin, nitesin, yashlofin, nitshlofin, yodavanin, nitavanin, abid, uzoz, by mir zayin, of Rosh Hashanah. All the distractions the man mentioned were really purely imaginary. They were the promptings of the evil one, because thank God it was perfectly evident that in the main, people prayed with deeper concentration among the assembled Hasidim on Rosh Hashanah than they would have done if they had prayed in their own hometowns. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom His Wisdom, 163 One of the Rebbe's followers from Zlatopolia related the following. One summer day in Zlatopolia, the Rebbe prayed very early. He sent his daughter, Sarah, to call me. When I came to him, he suggested that we take a stroll together. We soon left the city and found ourselves walking in a grassy meadow. The Rebbe spoke, If only you could be worthy to hear the song of this grass. Each blade sings out to God without any ulterior motive, not expecting any reward. It is most wonderful to hear their song and serve God in their midst. Es ist sehr gut, frum zu sein, It is very good to be religious among them. We walked a bit farther and came to a mogila a small mountain near the city. I asked why we were going there, and the Rebbe told me the secret of that Mogila. He asked me to come with him. The mountain was hollowed out like a cave, and when we entered it, we could not be seen from the outside. As soon as we entered the hollow, the Rebbe took a copy of Shari Tzion out of his pocket and began to read. He read it page by page, weeping bitterly all the while. I was standing there holding the Rebbe's coat and was amazed at the extent of his weeping. He stayed there for a very long time. When the Rebbe finished, he asked me to go out and check the time. When I looked, the day was almost over and the sun was beginning to set. The Rebbe had been weeping in prayer for an entire long summer day without stopping. The Rebbe asked me for a light and smoked his pipe for a while. He sat there for some time and then went outside. The Rebbe said, A time will come when it will be very difficult to approach me. But now I am in your hands. If you and Reb Waiwai desired it, I could make you into tzaddikim just like myself. The Aleph Bet Book, Charity, A, 29, Charity Brings to Faith, 30 and 31. Whoever goes about collecting charity removes wrath from the world. He also merits truth.
32. By giving charity, you will be blessed with children and they will live together peacefully. 33. Giving charity causes the land's produce to grow. 34. Charity hastens salvation. 35. In a time of trouble, a person's charitable deeds are recalled for him. 36. When you give charity, officials and rulers will be sympathetic to you. 37. By giving charity, a person is spared injustice, robbery, and misfortune. 38. Giving charity brings a person grace. 39. A person who encourages others to give charity increases salvation. Kitzur Likutei Moharan 1. Lesson number 192. On the great benefit of the teaching of the tzaddik. 1. A person who hears a teaching from the mouth of the true tzaddik, and especially if he sees the tzaddik at the time he is speaking, receives the face of the tzaddik as well as the tzaddik's intellect and soul. However, it is crucial for such a person to guard himself against forgetfulness. This is because a lapse of memory causes him to forget everything. Now, when a person merits to remember the teaching of the tzaddik the way it was spoken, or if he reviews what he heard a hundred and one times, by which he will remember it, then when he says this teaching in the name of the tzaddik, the image of the face of the sage will appear before him, and it is as if the tzaddik were saying it himself. This only happens, however, if the person's recall is truly and deeply embedded in his memory. 2. When a person hears a new Torah insight from the mouth of the Rav himself, at the time that the Rav actually innovated the teaching, he will thereby remember it well. But when he does not hear the new insight from the mouth of the Rav himself, or even if he hears it from his Rav's mouth afterward, not at the time that the Rav first innovated the teaching, then the insight can easily be forgotten. 3. In every book can be found the image of the face of the sage who innovated the teachings contained in that particular book. 4. The true teachings that leave the mouth of the true tzaddik, even if they concern mundane matters, are more precious than words of Torah spoken by another tzaddik. This is because the other tzaddik's words may contain a large admixture of falsehood, but the words that leave the mouth of the true tzaddik are nothing but pure truth alone. And since they are nothing but truth and contain no admixture of falsehood whatsoever, nothing is more precious than they. 5. Truth is the face of all the other faces of holiness. Lesson number 193. 1. Thoughts are an extremely powerful thing. If a person concentrates and focuses his thought on anything in the world, he can actually cause that thing to happen, provided that he thinks about it with a great and overwhelming intensity. In fact, a person's thoughts are so powerful that in his own mind he can literally give up his life. That is, he can mentally accept upon himself that he is willing to give up his life in the sanctification of God's name with whatever sort of death he chooses, to the point that he will literally feel the pain of this death. It is possible, however, to actually die while doing this. Therefore, when a person feels that his soul is about to leave him, he must refrain and distance himself from that thought in order not to remain there, lest he die before his time, God forbid. Lesson number 194. 1. A person who wants honor is a fool. See more in this lesson in the Kutei Moharan. Rabbi Nachman's stories, The Seven Beggars. Suddenly, a beggar appeared. He had a sack in which he was carrying bread. The children approached him and began to follow him. He gave them some bread and they ate. How did you come to be here? he asked them. We don't know, they replied. They were only little children. When he began to leave, they asked him to take them along. 
I do not want you to go with me, he replied. Meanwhile, they got a better look at him, and they realized that he was blind. They found this very surprising. If he was blind, how did he find his way? Actually, it might seem strange that they were surprised at this, since they were still little children, but they were very intelligent children, and therefore found this surprising. The blind beggar blessed them that they should be like him, saying they should be old like him. He left them some bread to eat, and he went on his way. The children realized that God was watching over them and had brought them this blind beggar to give them food. When the bread was used up, they began to cry for food again. Night fell, and they slept. In the morning, they did not have anything to eat, and they cried out and wept. Rabnussen's Letters, Year 1, Letter Number 174 With God's help, Wednesday, Tetzava 5595, Uman Greetings and great salvation to all my brothers and friends. I received your letter today during the morning prayers, and I also received one last night after the evening prayers from Reb Yosef, son-in-law of Reb Zalman. Everyone is expressing satisfaction, delight, and joy. And without a doubt, there actually is cause for delight and joy. When amidst such a concealment, we have merited to know about truth such as this. The greater the uproar and concealment, the greater our joy should be. For if we had not drawn close beforehand, to know the absolute truth the way it really is. Not only would it be totally impossible for us to do so now, but worse, God forbid, we too would be doing what they are to these holy, amazing books. How can we ever thank and praise God enough for all the miracles and wonders that He did with us when He rescued us from wickedness such as this, from such hell and perdition? Anyone with a modicum of true intelligence in his head will know and understand that no suffering in the world is greater than the suffering of someone who tears up and desecrates holy books such as these, who so groundlessly sheds Jewish blood, and who keeps so many from Jewish holiness. They want to completely undermine Judaism, God forbid. Here too there is a mitnagid, opponent, whose son started to draw a little near to us and was studying a lot of Talmud and codes. The scoundrels, who call themselves Hasidim, are now forcibly preventing him from studying Talmud and codes, saying that it is better that he talk with them. The father of this young man shouted at him, I am feeding you on the condition that you learn only one page of Talmud a day and no more. Anyone who studies all day is a breast lover. The bottom line really is that the Metnagdim are not just trying to stop people from studying the Rebbe's books. Their real evil intent deep down in their hearts is to abolish the entire Torah from Israel, for you are aware of the ways of the young, in this generation in particular, and the Torah is the only means of salvation. There is no one who can bring the study and practice of Torah into the world like our master teacher and Rebbe through the holy pathways that he revealed through me and in his holy books. This is why they harass us so intensely, saying, Come, let's destroy them, God forbid. Reb Nussin's Letters, Year 2, Letter Number 422 we are currently in the holy days about which is it is said, Songs 2, 8, The voice of my friend is coming, skipping over the mountains, jumping over the hills. These mountains and hills are the barriers, impediments, and conflicts which prevent us from drawing close to God. The evil impulse is likened to a mountain, and this is particularly true for a person who has already stumbled. May God protect us from now on. But the Holy One, blessed be He, skips over them all, because my friend is like a deer or a fawn. He is standing there behind our wall. Songs 2.9 Our wall refers to the walls which block each person as a result of his great physicality. But in truth, 
Even a wall of iron cannot divide Israel and their Father in heaven. Psachem 85b For God is standing there behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, chalonot, about which it is said, petition chalu before God, as is explained in the Tikkuni Zohar. He peeks through the lattice. My friend spoke up and said to me, Rise, my lovely friend. Songs 2.10 And if, all the same, the bitterness wants to prevail, well, we have already merited to draw close to a complete man who sweetens and rectifies everything. There is also a hint in these words that we must cleave to God's attributes and walk in His ways and skip over the mountains and jump over the hills. For a person must skip and jump through this world, as I related to you in the Rebbe's holy name, that he used to praise the tzaddik who said before his death, Ibrigespringen, I leaped through, tzaddik number 522. But we would not have merited to know about this either, much less to practice it, were it not for the Rebbe of blessed memory. With his great power, at the very least we can skip and jump over everything. In the process, we can also grab the mitzvah of eating matzah and observing all the other holy commandments, and thus there is hope for our final outcome. There is a future for the man of peace. With this approach, a person can dance practically every day, and even more so on Shabbat and the festivals. The king of hosts, they flee, they flee. Psalms 68.13 No matter what, really and truly be happy. Just leap blithely through, with no second thoughts. God is with us. Remember well what the Rebbe said prior to his holy passing, Tzaddik number 88 and 122. Seeing that I am going before you, what do you have to worry about? Whenever downheartedness, grief, and sighing want to take over, you can turn them all into happiness and joy, through all the above. For even though I am so spoilt, I do not oppose this whole man, even after such machloket, opposition, mockery, and confusion. Those on chariots and those on horses, some in enormous wealth and others in great poverty, but we will call in the name of the Lord our God. My soul will rejoice in God. It will exult over His salvation. We will wonder all our lives over our soul's bitterness and praise Him for saving us. As birds from a trap, our souls have escaped a machloket such as this against the point of truth. Our help is in the name of God, the Maker of heaven and earth. Let us be happy and rejoice in His salvation. The words of your father, Nusson of Breslov. Greetings to all our comrades with a great love, in particular to my illustrious friend Reb Nachman, may his light shine, grandson of our master, teacher, and Rebbe of blessed memory. Let them read this letter, since I know that deep in their hearts they truly agree with all this. Perhaps they will realize their potential and rejoice in all this over the approaching holy festival until they skip over the mountains and jump over the hills to get together with us often, especially on Shavatot, the festivals, and on Rosh Hashanah. Thus they will merit to have their souls bound up with the Rebbe's forever. Nasan, the same. Shemot HaTzadikim Rabbi Yosef Karo ben Moreno Ephraim, author of the Shulchan Aruch and the Beit Yosef. Rabbi Moshe Israelish, the Ramah. Rabbi Natan Mehoradni Hachasid bar Shimshon Shapira. Rabbi Yitzchak Chayut. Rabbi Liva bar Betzalel, author of Gur Aryeh, Maharalmi Prague. Rabbi Mordechai Afi, author of the, author of the Levushim. Rabbi Betzal Ashkenazi, Rabbi of the Arizal, Rabbi Yosef Yaabetz, Rabbi Berechia, Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, the Arizal, Rabbi Chaim Vital, Rabbi Avraham Halevi Baruchim, Rabbi Yitzchak Saruk, Rabbi Yoshua Falk, author of the Sema, 
Rav Yoel Rabbi Shmuel, author of the Bach, Rabbi Ephraim, author of Olalot Ephraim, Rabbi Shaya Segel ben Rabbi Avraham, author of the Shalah, his son Rabbi Sheftel, Rabbi Moshe Kordaveri, Rabbi Eliyahu, author of the Reshit Chochmah, Rabbi Avraham Galanti, Rabbi Shmuel Eliezer ben Rabbi Yehuda, the Marsha, Rabbi David Halevi, author of the Taz, Rabbi Shabtai Cohen, author of the Shach, Rabbi Avraham Abba, author of the Mogen Avraham, Rabbi Moshe, author of the Chelkat Mechokek, Rabbi Shmuel, author of the Beit Shmuel, Rabbi Meir Shif, Rabbi Meir, author of the Maharam, Rabbi Shimshon Astropoler, Chacham Tzvi, Rabbi Naftali Cohen, known as Rabbi Naftali, Rabbi Sender, author of the Tvuot Shor, Rabbi Yehoshua, author of the Pnei Yehoshua, Rabbi Natan Nata, author of Megala Amukot, Rabbi Isaac HaKohen, Av Bettin of Karetz, author of the book Brit Kuhunat Olam, his brother, Rabbi Mishulam HaKohen, author of the book Pidchei Nida. Rabbi Nassim's Prayers 2, Prayer number 7. Your compassion is abundant, Hashem. Give me life in accordance with your ways. Hashem is compassionate and gracious, long-suffering and extremely kind. Hashem is good to everyone. His compassion rests on all of His creatures. In the same way that a father has compassion on his children, be compassionate to us. Do not bear in mind our initial transgressions. Send us your compassion quickly, because we are so impoverished. Hashem, Hashem, God who is compassionate and gracious, you are long-suffering, very kind and true. Our compassionate Father, show us your vast, great and true compassion. Shelter us in your great compassion and kindness. Do not refuse us your abundant empathy. Arouse your compassion and graciousness for us, your children. Look at our poverty and our exertions. Have mercy on us for your sake, you who are always filled with vast compassion. Send us a truly compassionate leader so that the verse will be fulfilled. He who has compassion on the Jews will guide them. For the seventh of Adar, the anniversary of the death of Moshe Rabbeinu. Master of the world, shepherd of Israel, listen. You who guide Joseph like sheep, you who dwell between the cherubs, appear. You have performed vast, mighty acts of kindness for us in every generation. You have given the Jewish people in every generation true leaders, who taught us the way upon which we should walk and the actions we should perform. Protect us now as well in this generation. Send us a faithful shepherd, a true leader, a truly compassionate person, who will be able to guide us with compassion and mercy like Moses, a leader who will have true compassion on us and free us of our sins. Extricate us from our sins. This is the core of compassion for your nation, the Jewish people. The greatest compassion, greater than any other, is to extricate the Jewish people from their sins. You know how holy the root of our soul is, how every individual soul is hewn and drawn down from an extremely high, elevated, refined, and holy place. We are completely removed from sin. No sin or blemish has anything to do with who we really are, because at our root, we are so refined and spiritual. Therefore, we cannot bear the burden of even a single sin that we commit, and certainly not the burden of many sins, transgressions, and offenses. These are harrowing. They cause us to suffer enormous, terrible blemishes, and we cannot bear it. Master of the world, you who are filled with compassion, you alone know how abject we are, collectively and individually. Our condition is evil and bitter because it affects the soul itself. My sins have risen above my head. Like a heavy load, they have grown too burdensome for me. Look down from heaven and see, is there any pain comparable to that suffered by a Jew's incredibly holy, 
pure, awesome, refined, and spiritual soul when he sins? You know that all of the suffering of this world are like nothing compared to the suffering that a Jewish soul experiences when a person commits sins and it is blemished, heaven forbid, and certainly when a person commits many sins, heaven forbid. Then a person is wretched. Woe to us, for we have transgressed. Who can bear the weight of such a burden? How can a person's refined and spiritual soul, a soul that is pure, fresh, holy, and clean, a soul that was raised in the inner chamber of the king's palace, a soul that is the daughter of the king within, gather its strength to bear the coarseness, murkiness, corruption, filth, and pollution caused by even a single sin? How the gold, the fine gold jewelry has grown dim. The holy stones have been spilled out at the head of every street. I'm deeply distraught. How can I continue living for even a single day more? The oppressive yoke of my many harrowing sins, offenses, and blemishes has worn me out. How can we complain about our circumstances? What can we say? What will we say and how can we justify ourselves? God has discovered your servant's sin. I am in your hand like clay in the hand of the potter.